Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Epic Cash Twitter Spaces. Thank you all for joining on. I'm your host, Jam, and today we'll be discussing how does the Epicenter ecosystem compare to our current monetary system. Now, I would appreciate it if you could all give this spaces a retweet and share this on any social media you make use of. That would be much appreciated. And let's get straight into the news for this week. So Max, actually a few days ago, it may have been yesterday, announced something called Epic Post. Now, this may have been announced a long time ago. And if it did, apologies. Unfortunately, I wasn't around at that time. But basically, once it's released, my understanding is that all Epic Cash holders will be given something called an ES address to which we'll be able to send Epic Cash to. And then from here, my understanding is that Epic would simply sit within this address until you come back online, i.e. onto your GUI wallet. And then you would need to create and sign another transaction for this balance to be able to be sent to your GUI wallet. So this is a step or the next step in removing the current NGROG process, which would well, which should make it less complicated for newbies to understand and therefore be even easier for, to onboard newcomers, especially for the likes of me, because NGROC goes straight over the top of my head. Now, Max also announced something called emoji transactions that are currently being worked on by the tech team. And I'll be completely honest, as a non-technical guy myself, it's fair to say that it completely blew my mind. I wasn't even sure that something like that was possible. Um, but to summarize, at some point, we will be able to send a string of emojis to somebody, which will translate into an epic cash transaction. That, that's my understanding. And it sounds kind of crazy, yet absolutely amazing. But maybe someone a little bit more technical can touch on that at some point today. Now, I did want to raise something slightly unrelated for today's show, and perhaps it's a convenient piece of news to provide given the topic of today. And that was in relation to the IRS that had just announced that they will allocate approximately $46 billion on hiring new enforcement agents to keep a track on taxes and I'm sure in other few bits and bobs. And of course, this includes the taxes on cryptocurrencies. And from reading a few articles yesterday, my understanding is that the $46 billion translates to an additional 87,000 IRS enforcement agents. So in other words, they're looking to gain even more control than they already have. And so to me, this was a little bit of a scary thought in terms of what their actual plan is for these additional resources and, and, and how they're going to use them. You know, is it only going to be for tax? I'm not quite sure about that one. And lastly, before we before I open this up for the for the group to join in on today's discussion, I would like to just finish the news updates for this week by giving a shout out to Ryan Kamiski, a great community member of Epic Cash. He's been taking the initiative of spreading the word of Epic Cash in Thailand. And as someone who is a part of his Telegram group and keeping up with his progress, it's been really exciting to see. And I can't wait until he's set up the first business in Thailand for them to start accepting payments in Epic Cash. It's, I'm, I'm really excited for him. And as some of you may know, I would like to do a similar project, but in the Philippines in November this year. And so for someone who hopes to embark on something similar, a similar project, as I've, as I've mentioned, I'm really excited for Ryan. And I hope the community continues to show him some well-deserved support. So that, that was um, everything that I had to provide in terms of news and updates for the week. But does anybody else want to chime in on news for the week? Not really. Um, <clears throat> you, uh, I think yesterday uh, Uncle V went into 
quite some depth with the GUI wallet and um, how that's coming along. So that's just something for everyone to be aware of that uh, newer versions of GUI wallet are coming and um, that it will open some doors to uh, ownership on the native chain of Epic uh, for people who are on Vite. And that's not to say that we don't like Vite or Vite. It's just to say that uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic way uh, through the GUI wallet to, to, for people to easily uh, have um, custody of, of their Epic. Yeah, I've got to say, I've I've actually given the GUI Wallet version 4 or 4.01. I can't remember the version now, but it's absolutely fantastic. The UI is brilliant. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to everybody being able to use that instead of Vite. Again, I'll reinforce what you said. I really like Vite, but not your keys, not your crypto, right? Yeah, and that's that's a little, yeah. That's a little uh, dicey there with, um, I mean, there, it is a custody wallet since they do have, there are, there are seed words. And so there is a sense of having keys there, but like Max was explaining with the gateways, um, that's, that's the dicey part there um, that can happen with the gateways. So, you know, there's sort of an escalation of um, priorities, you know, like um, when we had BitMart and that was a centralized exchange, you know, that would be the least ideal way to keep your Epic would be to keep them on BitMart. I mean, we've seen them flat out get hacked for near uh, around $200 million, which means, you know, they have some shoddy security practices and hopefully they patch that up. And then, you know, one step below that would be um, having your Epic on V or Byte or yeah, one step above uh, BitMart, you know, or better than BitMart. And then <clears throat> the uh, would, would be to have your coins on V or Byte. Um, but then, you know, the, the, the absolute best is to have your keys on the native Epic wallet and to have, to have sound OPSEC, um, operational security where, you know, you have a good process for keeping your seed words. And, and this is, this is something that, you know, we have to get better at in crypto in general is like this, this whole, uh, process of keeping our seed words and everything. Um, I, I, I still think we have some, some hurdles to overcome to make it easier for people, uh, e just easier ways to transcribe the, the, the words and uh, move them from one place to another. Um, you just have to be really careful right now. Yeah, I just actually, as soon as, as soon as I said that, not your keys, not your crypto, I was like, oh, hang on, I do have my own passphrase for Vite. So yeah, just, just ignore that. <laughs> okay, yeah. so... Um, Okay, that's, in, that's, uh, that's it for this week in terms of the news then. So if we start to crack on and dive into today's topic, and as I mentioned at the start of the show, that is how does the Epicenter ecosystem compare to our current monetary system? So I was thinking throughout yesterday and today how this topic could be tackled, simply because I think this discussion could take many different routes. But then I was just thinking to get the discussion going for today, let me ask you all a simple question, and this is, of course, a matter of opinion. But simply, what are your thoughts on today's monetary system? You know, what do you think of it? The use of fiat currency, the banking system, the Federal Reserve, any route or any different opinion on, on any aspect of it? I would just like to kick the dialogue off for today. Unregulated and scary are the first things that come to my mind. I mean, if you've ever watched that movie, The Big Short, where they're explaining how the housing movie. collapse, yeah, and you know, and 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 how people can just go in and short whatever they want. Um, I mean, just look at uh, interest uh, or uh, mortgage loans. Like 
oh, you want a variable rate where your uh, interest rate can vary from 3% to whatever we decide? Um, <laughs> you know, just like, like, wait, you mean you can do that? Like, that's okay? Like, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> it's, it's freakishly scary. And, you know, and then you get into fractional reserve banking, which is tied to rehab application where they take your collateral from somebody else's loan and then they just use it as collateral on so many other loans and like, where does it stop? And, you know, it, it's, it's just the lunatics run the asylum and it's absolute mayhem. I'll, 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 I'll take a pause here. And I'm sure other people have, would love to chime in on this too. Yeah. I'm I was thinking. I'm in, but I think I'm going to say exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Izzy. Thanks. Yeah. Um, our current banking system <laughs> It is terrible. I mean, it's really, uh, you know, okay. I think first, I think first before we even discuss how how we can compare Epicenter versus our current banking system, I think we should first like define what is banking. Um, Banking is, it's a place where we can store our gold safely and conveniently. So, you know, they keep our gold in a vault. And that means that nobody could steal it. And it's a really safe, you know, it's a really safe place to keep your money in a vault. And then it's also really convenient because, I mean, nowadays is a perfect example. We have ATM machines all around the world. And you can, you don't have to carry your money with you in a suitcase. You can go to Mexico or whatever, pull out money from a machine. And it's great. And um, that is... That's what a banking system is, but what is like a responsible banking system? I've been I've been thinking about this a lot because actually, I don't know. The more I've thought about it, the more I've gone into the details. It is exciting because Epic Epicenter is such an upgrade to our current system. Responsible banking is well. Where do I even start? You know, <laughs> we're supposed to have gold. That's what it is. You know, we don't even have a store value in our current banking system. So back in the day, for the past few thousand years, when there was banks, we actually used to store something of value in a vault. And gold is, is, has limited supply. It's got utility. You know, it has inherent value. And um, that would really keep a lot of inflation in check. It would keep the banking systems in check because they were accountable to give us back our gold, we, they would give us currency instead, you know, IOUs for the gold. That's what currency is. It's just a ticket to redeem your gold with. Um, so they would, they would give us currency. And then whenever we wanted, we could go to the bank and give in our paper, you know, for our paper tickets for the gold back. And that means that they couldn't, they couldn't print too much. They couldn't do too much fractional reserve banking. They couldn't print too much currency and cause too much inflation because at the end of the day, they're holding our money, they're holding our gold, and they have to give it back to us if we demand it. Um, And they can't, yeah, so basically, um, they couldn't just print unlimited money, unlimited paper. You can print unlimited paper, you know. You can't print unlimited gold. So the fact that we had gold, uh, that, that is truly, you know, a responsible banking system is keeping a correct balance of fractional reserve. So basically close to 100% reserves because um, 
any time that you know the public wanted their gold back, the the banks had to refund all of it. They're holding our money. Uh, it would be a, a responsible banking system. In short, is a balance between a balance of fractional reserve, a balance of keeping enough gold to for you know almost all of your customers to get their gold back, and to lend out a little bit of extra currency. Uh, so that banks can make money off of interest. It's a balance between banks can make a little bit of money and they hold our gold safe and they, and we can redeem it any time. And that is not what we have today at all. There is no gold at all. So the consequences of that are crazy. Um, tons of inflation. But yeah, that's I said a lot. Um, but that is what responsible banking is. And we do not have that today. So it's a terrible system. Absolutely. That... A lot of times, you know, with fractional reserve banking, it's not—it's not just that you don't have the gold to back it up. You don't even have the currency. Like if people decide, oh, I want my dollars, uh, well, sorry about you, it's—it's it's not here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd just like to say as well for people listening in live or on repeat, um, Levy has actually done a kind of like a com a combined documentary of this kind of cartoony historic um his, history of events in terms of the banking system and, and how it began and, and how it's proceeded um and then gave his own thoughts as well and, and, and done a lot of combina combination of basically of information and so you know if people want to check that out i would strongly suggest it. it's brilliant and maybe Levi, you could uh share your youtube channel a little bit later so people could check that out because i've watched it two or three times just uh just to help sink in the memory because this is unfortunately a topic i'm not actually too too uh, too familiar with it's something I've been starting to pick over the last few months. Yeah, I I agree with that, uh, Levy. Um, please don't don't feel like you're spamming the channel if you know every so often you you uh, repost uh, that video. It's it's really educational. I shared it with my brother um, and and my neighbors, a uh, couple other folks, because uh, it's such a concise way to to um, get the lowdown on what's happening historically with money in, in, in this country around the world. Um, so yeah, thank you for that content and, and, and your, um, you know, uh, your commentary on it and your, your own deep dive into the topic and getting educated on this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. So I agree. Yeah, uh, totally. That was, you know, I had fun making that video and I'm actually making a video. I'm in the process of, of making a new video directly on this topic pretty much i mean uh that's kind of why i suggested this topic i was i was very <laughs> interested in, i'm making a topic on this and pre-promotion i want it to be yeah yeah uh yeah i want it to be like really this one i want to be really informative you know talk about a lot of you know here's what i want to bring up because and this is what i'm going to talk about in in um in my new video um it really, a lot of our problems come from inflation. And, you know, we could see this in when you go to the website called uh, What the F Happened in 1971. When we went off the gold standard, um, you could just see everything. Everything went wrong at, at that point. So much went wrong. I mean, inflation went up. Uh, crime was on the rise. Divorce was on the rise. People are getting... People are losing their, people are making less money essentially over time. It's really putting a hole in our economy. Um, and so, yeah, I'm definitely going to touch on that. 
I'm really I glad think... you said that. Actually, that was that was going to be my my next uh, suggestion. So, as you just touched upon, Levy, the dollar stopped being backed by gold in 1971 after President Nixon did that famous uh, famous announcement that the US dollar would no longer be able to be converted back to gold at a fixed value. And of course, and I'm sure you guys have a, a you know, more information and knowledge on this than I do, but there is a great amount of monetary history before this event in 1971. But I'd like to hear what people's thoughts are on you know, me saying, is this the most important decision that has impacted the US dollar in the last 50 years? I just want to expand a little bit more on this gold topic and hard sure. assets there, even petroleum uh, having, you know, being tied to currencies. Um, I mean, the, the Russia-China deal where they're agreeing to their own base currency is, is interesting as well in this, in this whole topic. Um, uh, but go, like I agree, uh, it was great, uh, what, you know, uh, up until 1971 uh, to, to, to some extent. And, and, but there was concerns and, and a move like that prompts questions. Like a move saying, oh, you know what, we're not going to, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Money, we all agree money's, you know, our dollar is worth, you know, whatever our accomplishments in World War II. And, you know, we got swagger and we've got oil and we're, we're, we've got the greatest military. So, you know, that's what we're backing it up with. Um, <clears throat> but then when you go, the other thing that happens is people go, wait, well, okay, well, you still have got the gold, right? And, and, and there is a great question about that. And um, I've seen some arguments that say that we didn't really have the gold. You know, uh, maybe the gold was sort of fractionally reserved. Um, if, if you could rehypothecate gold as collateral for a loan, then why, why couldn't it have just uh, evaporated? And uh, where is the gold really? There's another story in history, too, about like the gold, the gold was buried on some island and, you know, they, they, had, they had to go and excavate and dig and eventually they just realized that there's no gold there. But what happened shortly after that incident in 1971 is um, uh, the French Armada came in and, you know, sail sail famously sailed into the ports of New York to, uh, to, uh, to reclaim their gold. Uh, right. <laughs> Anyone else have heard about this? I've heard very briefly, but again, yeah. I'm not the most knowledgeable. I, I'm sort of on the fringes of all this too, and and uh, a lot of this is new information to me, so I haven't really like delved into all of it. But I mean, it, it's a it's a fact that the French, you know, sell sailed um, the military ships, you know, on a mission to um, get the gold that you know that make make sure that okay, well. That's fine, United States. That um, you're not backing your dollar with it anymore, but uh, we're gonna make sure we keep our stuff safe. And that was like in the yeah, like you said, in the 70s. Um, so so even if we were to go to a gold standard, you know, there's always we always need these assurances that there's security of the gold, um, and, and there needs to be safeguards in place to make sure that it's 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 a part of the greater economy uh, that. The things being backed by gold it's it's uh and, and i think that's part of i've heard max talk about that we already have that in some uh, in, the, in the crypto world there there are coins uh, tokens you can buy and um, you can see pictures of the gold that you that you own by purchasing these tokens uh, max is a, is a fan of one that's called cgt i think it is um and i think even max even has um uh, plans in the ecosystem. I can't remember which coin it is, but um, it'll it it will have precious metals uh, in the background as tagged as yeah backing it up. Go ahead. 
perfect. Well, that'd be great. And I really yeah. like the way you said that. And it brought up a couple other things, um, too, as you were going through all of that, that a lot of things like the gold standard, like the fact that there isn't a gold standard or there was a kind of a graded way of getting off the gold standard didn't all disappear at once. But I don't think that if you polled the regular population that you would find that there's a majority that even know that. I think people assume there's a gold standard because it doesn't make any sense not to have a gold standard. And uh, I don't know what it's like in there, but in, in the U.S., but in Canada, we were, that was not in my schooling anywhere. Nobody ever mentioned a gold standard of money when they're teaching you finance. And yeah. uh, when, I, when I do crypto courses, when I teach people about cryptocurrency, they all assume, these are bankers, these are finance people, they all assume that there is a gold standard because, of course, there's a gold standard. Why wouldn't there be? What is your money tied to if it's not tied to something in a, in a vault? And, you know, yeah. what knocks servers in their in their mind. So I think one of the things we're going to get to from this great topic, which is if you're comparing it to the current monetary system, one of the things you can compare is that people now understand the amount of information that they can have and should have and maybe should have been paying attention to before. So paying attention to all the cryptocurrency monetary system information, then the first thing they do is say, well, that's not good enough because, or that's better because, and as soon as you say because, you have to make you realize what you don't know on the other end of the because. And I think that's <laughs> what it's doing. It's educating people with all those, you know, powers that be that have made all these decisions for a long time. People didn't pay attention. So that that information, but as soon as you ask that and you start to compare it, you're going to go look it up, which is going to, it's going to lead to a, um, a lot of revealing of information. And that leads to self-advocacy once people get their back up and go, what the hell? We <laughs> this well, is actually... The, the shifting sand that we're built on and that is impact so as soon as you start to compare then you start to make sure you got your own facts right you get pissed off about yeah. the facts you got right that you you're that you didn't get right that you thought should be and then you want to have an impact so going forward maybe it gets better well when yeah. i was um i was speaking to my mother a few weeks ago about epic cash and i was trying to I set her up with a Vite wallet and I sent her, I think I sent her like 20 Epic or something just to get uh, get her some skin in the game, so to speak. And, you know, I, I said, you know, we started having a gener generic conversation about money and currency today. And I asked her, you know, do you still think that uh, currencies are backed by gold? And, and she didn't know the answer. So I'm going to assume, love you, mum, but I'm going to assume that you didn't know the answer, that it was actually no. It hasn't been backed for now 51 years or so. So, yeah, to touch on your point, I don't think the education is there, unfortunately. I don't think so at all. And I've had that conversation with many people, my parents, other people. And there's, there's, it's not just a certain age group, although the age groups, you know, the generations coming up underneath us, they, they're figuring out that they've been, you know, that we've been fed a bunch of lies for a long time and they, they look a lot closer. But the first thing that comes out when people want, want to know they want to know how is it currency how is it money what is it based on it has to be based on something the dollar is based on gold and we look at them and go well that just rocked your whole world because <laughs> um and then sometimes it, it just frustrates people and it'll take them a while to they at first they have to get their head around what they've been using as a currency for a while and what currency is currency is just a, a means of exchange it's something you value it's a pokemon card or it's a dollar or it's Currency is just something you exchange for something else. It can be a babysitting co-op or something like that. We have dollars that are currency or British pounds or um, 
your Brazilian Mi, whatever, whatever we're using. Why not use cryptocurrency? If somebody says it has value, it has value. And I think we'll kind of get that mindset around. And as they start to compare it to our monetary system, especially in Epic, they're going to see the good things that that Epic has been really staunch on. They kept those good things. They have not, um, they've not chipped away at them at all. If it meant taking longer, if it meant doing things again, if it meant making your mistakes public, whatever that was, we, you know, did BitMart, we had the value overflow. These things, have, they're not hidden. And then you keep moving along in this really solid way. And then people know it can be done. And I think they're going to see how they can compare the monetary systems. And this one works very well. The more things we get, like Freeman U and the GUI wallet and E1, sorry, uh, Freeman Express, Freeman U, of course, but Freeman Express is what I meant for onboarding people who are, they're hesitant and they're reticent about getting onboarded. That GUI wallet, Freeman Express, the, the mobile app, E1, all of these things are going to at least they're going to give them some confidence. It's going to be some touchstones with words they recognize and concepts they recognize. And then they're going to be able to jump off and start to understand the importance of, uh, you know, you put your money in the bank. Well, do you know how many organizations, countries, international, do you know how many people have access to that money and that information? It's astounding when you start to look into it. The actual access that is available to your private information and your money. And again, we would assume that it's in the bank and it's private you know unless there's a search warrant or something not that anybody has had one of those issues in the last little while that didn't hit the news <laughs> but yeah. they assume and it's just not true so many organizations and countries have access to so much and people just don't talk about it and it just gets shoved under the you know under the rug and passed as law I think that's going to come out a lot when they realize maybe they do something wrong. Maybe they don't. Maybe it looks like they did something wrong. Maybe somebody thinks they did something wrong. Maybe, you know, there's so many ways that it can go badly, even if you don't do anything wrong. So that, that's my two cents. Well, if we're comparing then, obviously we're trying to compare today the Epicenter ecosystem and our current monetary ecosystem. When it's released, we'll be taking out EUSD loans, as we've all touched upon. So could we then touch upon the differences? You know, what's the difference between the US dollar and gold and EUSD? And, you know, what's backing our system? Is it not, is it not the same, guys? Um, well, okay, so I definitely want to talk about that. And here's the thing. Yeah, Bad Wolf said when people compare the systems, once they understand both systems, it will be it will no, a no-brainer. And I want to... I definitely want to touch on that later, but first I just want to stop because, okay, first I want to talk about more the consequences of inflation because that is really what Epic will solve. I mean, it will solve so many things. It will, it, it, you know, it's an upgrade to our monetary system. It's, it fixes its flaws. But one of the, one of the best things about it is that Epic is inflation resistant. And what, what are the consequences of inflation? Just before um, that, Levy, just before yeah. that, what, could you tell us why it's not, or why it is inflation resistant, sorry? Oh, yeah. You know, 21 million limited supply. It's, it's a store value right there, you know. Um, it's, it's the digital gold of our system, and, and gold does not have this inflation problem that we see today. And if the U.S. dollar was truly uh, attached to gold, we would not have a lot of the problems we see today and i'll give you an example 
it, it directly, it pretty much directly, it, it, it does, it directly causes the, the gap in wealth. It makes, the fact that we have, that we live in an inflationary economy, it makes the poor poorer and the rich richer. Because, um, I'll give you an example, you know, the way that I and pretty much everybody, I mean, I didn't know about a lot of this stuff, you know, even just a half a year ago. So I would just measure, measure inflation if the, you know, if the food in my store went up in price and I, I didn't see it go up in price anytime soon. But the truth is, it's not exactly like that. Different, different things go up in price before other, you know, other goods. So for example, now we're seeing gas go up in price, but what people don't, don't necessarily realize is houses have been going up in price and and this is also on the what this is on the website of what the f happened in 1971 houses have gone up in price substantially um uh since 1971 and basically what this means is whoever owns houses stocks gold stocks uh i think i said stocks but whoever owns these (laughs) these commodities um they get massively rich. Who, who has the money to own property, to own gold, to, you know, hold a lot of this? You know, whoever's wealthiest has the most money to keep their money in something that retains its value and, and goes up in value. So the rich, they, that's how they get richer. Not, not because they, you know, built this crazy company and it's literally generating all this profit. No, it, it happens like with Elon Musk, his Tesla stock went up. And he becomes the richest person in the world. That's that's how the story always goes. And who who cannot afford commodities? Well, the poorest people, the poorest communities, they don't they don't they don't own gold. They don't even own their own property. They don't own nothing. So their money is losing its value. They're getting more poor over time. And slowly, you know, slowly all the money is just going straight up to the top because they're owning property, they're owning gold. And um, this causes, yeah, you know, the inflationary economy is working against everybody. It's really hard to, it's not just you put in the work and you can make money to live and you can, you know, make it out of your neighborhood or just, you know, make something of yourself. It's not that. It's, It's about owning, you know, owning, you know, commodities and stuff. So it's a huge, yeah. And on top so, of that, we have to trust the people who are pulling the levers, who are who are controlling the interest rates and saying, "Oh well, mm. you know, this is how we control inflation." And then, meanwhile, they're the same people profiting off the interest uh, loans that they get dole out, right? So, how do you yeah. trust private banks to to regulate themselves? No, exactly, and. Um... That is so true. And here's actually one, one big difference between the epicenter ecosystem and our current banking system. Uh, I, I just came up with this one. It is awesome. Um, <laughs> there is incentive. There's literally incentive for the banks to lower their interest rates and print as much money as possible and give out as many loans as possible because they make money off of that. There's incentive for that. A bank. How does a bank make money? from giving out loans, essentially right. by printing out more money. Um, the difference in Epicenter ecosystem is it's not a company. Epic is not, it's not a company, and we do not benefit from literally breaking our own system. 
there is there is incentive to keep our system in check. Who, who is going to regulate the interest rates in in Epicenter? It is humanity, ECR token holders. And yep. there is no incentive for them to mess around with the interest rates, give out too many loans, and break our own system. And so our system, will, Epicenter, will literally run itself naturally in a stable way. It will not break, and this will all happen naturally because it is a bank for the people, by the people. Uh, wait, no. It's made, yeah, it's made by the people, for the people. We got you, lady. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. oh, yeah, no, guys, if I'm fumbling, I mean, I've been no. thinking of all no, of these lady points. is brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's, you're going down a rabbit hole, and I love it. It's brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, totally relevant topic uh, points to, to today's topic. Okay, guys. Well, we've we've just touched upon a number of subjects, including a scarce, a scarce asset, a scarce commodity in terms of gold and inflation. But I think where I wanted to go with this, in terms of so we can educate our audience that perhaps aren't familiar with Epic Cash, why is Epic Cash different? Is it is Epic a scarce commodity that backs a USD, and how how is it? You know, how does it compare to what we have today? Yeah, it's a. I mean, it is a no-brainer. The only reason, the literal only reason we are using our current system is because we have no other currency. There is no other currency. Uh, if people saw Epicenter, they would see that, you know, Epic is has a store value. It's inflation-resistant. It's, it's not losing its value. It's actually gaining value um, according to the U.S. dollar, which is inflating. So the U.S. the U.S. dollar is losing its value. Epic is going up in value. When people see that, and they see that you can do the same thing with Epicenter as our current system, you can give yourself loans, uh, you can keep your money safe. It's actually more convenient, you know, because it's on your phone. It's faster, cheaper. Um, when people compare the two, you know, when, when people get to see the comparison, people will literally just ditch our dollar. It is the only reason why we are actually using the U.S. dollar is because there is no alternative. We have the US dollar, and that's it. But soon, we will have Epic, EUSD, ECR, and it will be a no-brainer, literally. Um, yes. So, yeah. And our, commu our community continues to grow, and the points you just made, Levi, or Levy, only become more, point, more uh, impactful as our community grows, and as things like EUSD take traction, yeah. Um, Kim? <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, you guys have covered so, so much. Um, all of that is so very true. And one of the things I think that is how it's going to compare to our current monetary system is it's, it's wonderfully built. So we've got this infrastructure that can do the things that are necessary for people to survive. We've made that, or I say we, but Epic has made that accessible. They have made it transparent, and by making it transparent, they're then showing up, you know, the other currencies, which becomes necessary if somebody's going to want to know why they would change. Um, and we are showing them how to take out those middlemen, um, those, those middle charges, where really the system had us by the tail. The system had us. There's nothing we could do. If I need to pay a bill or an invoice, there are only certain ways I can do that, unless I want to walk to a bank and take out cash and then walk to the other person and hand it to them. Barring that, if you are like you're in Alaska, uh, is I I have limited options for getting money to you. In Canada, I have more. If 
have to go across a border, I have less. And those are all very regulated. And by that, I mean, they're private companies that charge you a lot of money. So right. really, yeah. they had, the, the public didn't have a place to go where they said, well, money's great. You know, Epic might be great, but uh, what can I do with it? I have business, so I need to pay bills. And what we're doing for them is we're taking out all of, well, one thing we're doing anyway, taking out all of those bridging platforms that were just making a mint off the backs of, of hardworking people trying to pay their bills. And there's no need for them. They don't need to exist. They exist for a purpose outside of, of banking, literally. Um, they're just a bridge. So that's one thing we can help. Um, we can really help with. I think that's one comparison to the current monetary system. Uh, we put the pieces in place so that we're making it useful. And we're, we're showing people it's unuseful without costing a mint. Sorry. No, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I was just, before I lose my thought, <laughs> you know, I, um, I, did, I, I need to get more disciplined with that. But no, uh, I'll, continuously what I hear is superior money. And when we compare it to the current monetary system, you know, it's like, okay, well, why? Why is it superior money? Well, like, what's the federal government doing, at least here in the U U.S.? And actually, many places around the world, I know Stellar um, XLM uh, has been uh, working hard to deliver CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, all over the world. And they've been successful in, in a, a few countries now where they're, they're um, working with these countries to spin up their CBDC. I'm pretty sure they actually have some already online. And so the United States is catching on. China even said a couple of years ago before they went all, you know, uh, you know, super, super anti-crypto for whatever reason and canceled Bitcoin miners and did that whole thing. Um, China was even claiming to be a world leader on uh, cryptocurrencies and, you know, and, and saying like, we're leading the way and yes, we support cryptocurrencies. And then like they speak out of one side of their, out of their mouth and then out of the other, the next day they say something totally different. But anyway, CBDCs, What's the United States doing here? You're like, oh yeah, we're gonna have, tra it's gonna be trackable and we can, we can, uh, you can have um, e e ecological or uh, the thing, you know, green, you know, we'll see how green people are or they're spending and we can give, you know, we can give them extra credits if they're, if they're doing things that uh, aren't, are are carbon efficient or carbon neutral. And, and it's like, mm. oh, well that Negative sounds, interest rates. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds scary. Uh, yeah. And, yep. and, and, uh, Guess what doesn't track track you and what you spend and you know uh, well it, it, what's it's Epic Cash it's uh it's it doesn't it's it's superior you know, money in the sense that yeah it, it doesn't um, track you and you know hold you know, paint you in some sort of um, judgmental way about where where you spent your money so uh, Enrique did you want to come on come in on this yeah. Get in there, Enrique. Oh, maybe maybe he's not. Yeah. Uh, he's just... All good, all good. <laughs> yeah. He might not, yeah, he might not have a mic access. Yeah. Well, I wanted to. I think there's really, to me, there's two major parts. There's there's obviously several major parts of this discussion, but two parts really come to mind for me, and that's the commercial banks that create loans out of thin air and therefore increase the money supply. And then there's, of course, the Federal Reserve and the physical printing or the purchasing of securities or treasury bonds. Could we perhaps talk about how the bank, the commercial banks today create that additional money? You know, is it, is it just as simple as clicking a button and then there's therefore digital, uh, an increase in, in digital circulating supply? Yeah, um, 
Yeah, they can just they can print unlimited money. You know, they have they have nobody to be accountable to. They have no gold that they need to give back to the people. You know, it, imagine you know if somebody did go to the bank and say, you know, I want you know give us back our money. You know, they just give them a bunch of paper. You could you could literally print unlimited paper. So yeah, they can just you know yeah, it's just as simple as clicking a button and you know no consequences for them. And I guess that relates to, I think the stat is 80% of the US dollar in circulating supply of the last two years has been printed, something along those lines. If someone wants to correct me, please do. Yeah, no, that's correct. And, um, uh-huh. um, yeah, no, our current system is just, you know, we established it is, it is irresponsible banking. Uh, that's, I mean, it's the term I came up with. I don't really have a, a better term. But Epic, what it's going to do is bring back responsible banking by restoring the store value in our in a financial system. So, you know, technically you can you can buy gold, you know, with your US dollars if you wanted to. You can buy gold and hold it. But do you get the benefits of a financial system? Can you really go out and spend that gold at your store? You know, you can't. So gold has been Gold, you cannot really use as money anymore. I mean, you can, but you know, not not like the U.S. dollar. And what Epic is going to do is bring back the store value, uh, bring back the principle of every time you give in your EUSD, you want to redeem your EUSD for your Epic, which is the store value. You can do it on demand. That is exactly what a responsible banking system is, where you deposit your gold and. Uh, you can always redeem it for your currency. So Epic is going to bring back that responsible banking, and um, and yeah, you'll be able to spend that. You know, since it's online, you can spend it. You know, with Freeman Express, of course. You know, you could just spend that at any store, um, and it is literally yeah, it's bringing back responsible banking. So yeah, way better than our currency. <laughs> Apologies, Enrique, but um, I did have to mute you because I think we were getting a little bit of uh, barking from your dog, and um, I think your wife was in the background as well having a conversation. So apologies for that. But when you're ready to come back on, I've invited you. So please feel free to speak when when uh, when it's convenient for you. But I think somebody earlier, I think it may have been you, Islo, mentioned fractional reserve practices that the banks employ today. It may have been Levy. Apologies, I'm not sure who who it was, but. You know, everybody says that's such a big deal, and of course it is. But a common question, uh, a common query I've heard, and I've watched this Bitcoin debate with Max and Yoga Dude and Mike Momola, I think it was Christmas last year, and they were talking about how, okay, well, you know, they can rehypothecate Epic Cash, and of course it's probably even more likely to happen to E1 given that's more likely to be able to be easily integrated into centralized exchanges given the complicated issues with with integrating Mimble Wimble. You know, is is this something to worry about? Yeah, of course. Um, I just and, I don't and, want to keep everything positive. I want I want to keep yeah. a sense of reality, if you know what I mean. Well well Epic Cash is permissionless. So it's it's a hard asset that anyone could acquire through various means, whether that be mining or purchasing on Vite or purchasing OTC from somebody who happens to have some Epic. You can go and you know reach out to someone and try to try to buy their Epic from them. And then once you accumulate enough Epic, maybe let's let's say there's what 
close to 15 million in circulation. And let's say a, a very interested person seeks out to, you know, obtaining like a million Epic cash. Well, now they hold this hard asset that, you know, a community of thousands and hundreds of uh, countries around the world speaking to, you know, 60 some odd languages. Um, uh, you have this big community support behind it. Well, you know, maybe, maybe someone decides, uh, you know, I think I'll take out a loan in Epic cash. And, and now there's this big interest of this million Epic uh, holder who is probably some corporate uh, entity. Um, and, and, you know, it goes on from there. And, and that's, this is like, this is the, the slippery slope of mass adoption. Like every, everyone, like Bitcoin went through some of the same challenges. The, the difference between us and Bitcoin is we are like laser focused, at least the community, this, the, you know, the, the, the core developers and founders um, and a lot of the, the new community members, a lot of people talking in this chat right now are keenly aware and, um, considerate and thoughtful about how we move forward with this. And, and um, uh, so, so the, the broader ecosystem plays into that and, and making a, a, de a defensive design. Um, however, <laughs> uh, depending on how this, this goes, it's, it's very plausible that, you know, some super holder of Epic could, could exist in the future. And, um, and and rehypothecate and and end up doing fractional reserve kind of stuff. Um, and people just need to be educated. And I, I think there's this really goes to a broader uh, discussion of what's happening in crypto and and not just what's happening in crypto, but coming to an appreciation that what's happening in crypto is also happening in the regular finance world because the people who are coming into crypto are people from the regular finance world who, 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 who are there to make their shareholders money and make, make profit for them. And how do they do that? Well, it's not just that they hold money in a bank anymore, like Levy pointed out, it's, it's, you know, which maybe people used to probably pay the banks to do that. And, and then, you know, but how do you incentivize people to get their money into the banks? And, and how can you make even more money? Well, we can take that money that they put in the banks and fractionally reserve it and, and uh, through lending and then make any, even more money on that. And so that, and, and until we do something as a society, <laughs> um, I think that problem is always going to exist. But I think this community with an Epic Cash, um, part of our voice is, um, actually probably having a voice in, in regulation through our governance DAO and, and how, like how we will regulate internally is, is safeguarding against fractionally reserved practices within our ecosystem and, and very carefully like laying that down as a rule of law within our, within our uh, community. Yeah, Izzy, I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, but it, it is true. They can, you know, there can definitely be rehypothecated epic, you know, fractional reserve epic. But whoever owns that that epic, you know, they do not have access to any of epic's utility. And we have lots of utility, so people are not really going to want to do that. For Like, they will not be able to take a loan. They cannot spend it really as money, you know, unless it's on that exchange, I guess. But, you know, for Bitcoin, Bitcoin can just sit on the exchange looking pretty. And nobody will, nobody will think twice. With Epic, you know, you have you have a nice mobile wallet. You're gonna have um, a whole financial system. And if you know, if people want to, you know, just own fake Epic on an exchange, they can do that. I my bets are that most right. people will not do that. 
Um, <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's uh, systemic in crypto. Go ahead. No, I was yeah. just going to say that one day we should, uh, as a community, as we're so strong, you know, if it does happen and this rehypothecation, which is likely to occur, as we've touched upon, maybe we should organize a, a coordinated bank run as a community just, just to see <laughs> what kind of uh, centralized exchanges fail and go sure. bankrupt. That's, that That's sounds pretty evil, but they shouldn't do the practices they do. Exactly. That That is what keeps banking systems in check. <laughs> bank <runs. laughs> um, So, yeah, yeah we, we can do that. I think, and I think you guys hit on something really important, which is there can always be whales. There can always be um, people that can tip the scales and the people that will try over time. So I've always been an advocate for, you know, make sure we get grassroots adoption, make sure we get the people, the powers in that grassroots adoption by people, people everywhere, people. So it's so dispersed that really we lower all the chances of that and we lower the opportunity, we, you know, more work to do it um, and, and less for it then hopefully we put that off for a while. But like you said, uh, it still can happen and levy too. And it really, what I was thinking is it really makes it um, important that we emphasize and teach people the importance of participating in the governance of the DAO. So somehow maybe that's something that we'll get into as, as time goes on. Just we've taught people how important it is to have security and how important it is to um, to understand where your money is, what kind of a wallet it's in, and what kind of exchanges you're using, and um, yeah. that the importance of participating in the DAO is a is a huge hedge against things going bad because people are people, and they always will be. Yeah, so we always have and, to watch out. And there's a lot of people that buy these crypto assets that have that have utility, and they just leave their crypto assets um, on an exchange where they where they bought it. And they don't have the utility that they would have if they would move them into the to, into the native token or into the native coins ecosystem. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so that's that's no small challenge, and it's uh, it's a it's a challenge I've seen uh, other. I, I think it's okay because because we're early. I, I think a lot of these coins and tokens that are they're not really aggressively, uh, you know, engaging the community uh, through through maybe maybe through marketing. Um, or other things, uh, but then and then there's just, just people who are just going to leave their coins on the exchange because they're they're just traders. Uh, they just like to trade the coin, and and that's that's fine too. And that's all part of the the ecosystem. Um, yeah, it's. I, I do think that a lot of like I'm pretty sure that there's a there's an educational gap though, um, and a lot of people um, who get into cryptocurrencies are just surf, surface level. You know, they're like okay, great. Yeah, I, I bought the coin. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm busy. I got a million other things going on, um, and 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 that's a, yep. that's the challenge we're up against. And, and I've I've seen like I I went over on my on my cell phone with somebody uh, a DeFi process, and I was like, look, I get this token, and I stake this, and I have this liquidity pair, and then I and then I get this yield, and then they they walked away after like step six and <laughs> of of like of like ten steps, you know, so. Um, and then there's there's the opposite where there's certain coins you just buy and they they get you massive you know unsustain you know I would assume unsustainable interest rates and people are like I like that you know I just bought the coin and I don't do anything and then boom numbers go up and but then you know you see every single one of these things after some set amount of time they just look they eva evaporate rug whatever you know they're they're not there in a year from now 
Um, there might be one or two exceptions. I don't know what they are, but every single one I've seen uh, has not ended well. I mean, we can go back to BitConnect as like the big historical uh, landmark event that set, set, set the trend. Um, but there's all sorts of examples of like cloud mining. Like I've never seen cloud mining work out for people. Um, there might, again, maybe some of this stuff is developing and it might get better. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah. And I think there'll be an aha moment, which like you were saying, when people realize this, in this conversation we had with them that started this whole journey for them into cryptocurrency, perhaps started with that information about their monetary, about our monetary system, which started them asking questions about the cryptocurrency monetary um, systems. So once you start comparing, you say, well, you know, why would you use cryptocurrency? Because it's not backed by anything, but ours is backed by gold. And then you realize, well, what the hell? It's not backed by gold. And you go down that pathway. When you get to the end of it, what you realize is it got there because people stopped paying attention. People stopped making others accountable. And not sometimes because they wanted to, but sometimes because they had to. There wasn't telephones and, you know, we didn't have computers and you're living wherever you're living, um, miles from civilization. There wasn't always possible, but hopefully they have that aha moment where they realize here's how we stop that from happening again is you don't walk away. You just say, I think I need more time to understand that. Can you help me? Or where do I start? And then you really understand it. And maybe you decide you don't want to do it, but maybe you decide you do, but you understand it because once we just hand the power over to somebody else, because it's just too much trouble, that this is where the whole thing starts again. And we give, you know, we give a mouse a cookie and we give many mice cookies and there we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the key word that you guys have just been referring to is education. And yeah. it's funny because I've just been, uh, I'm very close to completing my accounting studies um, for, for the professional qualification. And this stuff just isn't taught. Now, I haven't done a, a master's in finance and, or you know, I haven't done any something similar like that, but I have done something in accounting. And again, it's just not taught. And so educating the community on, you know, these fractional reserve practices that could potentially, you know, damage Epic Cash and E1. I don't want to be too negative on it, but unfortunately, if there are a lot of people that eventually hold E1 on exchanges, that, that is what could potentially happen. Now, people need to be educated on the fact that if you are taking EUSD loans and you are transacting in it, that not only helps yourself out because you're transacting in the epicenter ecosystem it locks up supply of epic and so what happens that increases the demand and that obviously helps us go to the moon even further because we'll yeah. have a, an increase in price so i think I again key words education oh sorry yes education i think we have generation coming up that is going to hold everybody accountable they're going to pull people to the carpet and want to know why and they're going to they're going to question you and they're going to um, call you out and they're going to push it what you know and what you think you know and they're not going to be as patient as they could be I've noticed um, but it's a generation I hope that is going to stick to their guns with just being informed and maybe make decisions we like maybe make decisions we don't like but at least um, hopefully hold people accountable and hold themselves accountable and you know, maybe get to the bottom of things. And I'm noticing that in the generation, you know, the millennials and generation coming up, whatever else they do, they are holding people accountable. Um, sometimes with a little less grace yeah. or finesse than other times, but they're doing it. And part of education and, and the awareness is, is realizing where we are today. Okay. Uh, the, the existing money system is, is not really 
uh, working uh, working out to everyone's. It's, it's more like Levy said, it's benefiting the rich and the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. Um, there, and and, and, and the part of this awareness is, you know, that Bitcoin has done is it, it raises awareness and it educated people that, hey, uh, we can actually make our own we can make our own money. Actually, and actually, we've been doing that for since the beginning of time. So there's this article on NakamotoInstitute.org by Nick, I don't know, Sabo? No, Nick Zabo. Nick Zabo, okay. And it's called Shelling Out the Origins of Money. And it goes over the history of how people use shells and use one thing or another. And as far as education and awareness, like, you know, and, and where and how we got to where we are today with cryptocurrencies, uh, it just it really connects the dots and, 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 and illustrates it in great detail. And if I were to you know, summar, summarize it in a sentence or two, it just it, it's it's just that we as humanity um, are the ones, you know, as a society, we are the ones who choose and have opinions about money. And that's all money. Any form of money is it's an opinion. It's an opinion about what such and such is worth and how we're going to exchange it. And, and um, you know, it goes like a step beyond just being an opinion. It comes down to utility and actual features and, and what attributes of superior, mon- of superior money are, are in this currency that we're creating. Like, oh, well, this is way better than seashells because, you know, I can transmit it electronically. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's, 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 I'll just stop there. Um, oh, it's okay. I mean, I had to add slides like that to most of my cryptocurrency presentations. When, even when I'm speaking to people that you think they, I mean, I'm sure that they thought about it, they would know this, but they don't maybe stop and think about it, is that it, it's only raising sheep or raising cows, if we go back hundreds of thousands of years, is only worth it because somebody then wants to trade you grain for your sheep or milk for your grains or whatever it's only something's only valuable because somebody else will trade you for it or, or um or you can do something with it and i believe the egyptians were the first ones the ancient egyptians to get to an economy where um they could have jewelry people that made uh jewelry and things like that and if you kind of follow that through then you, you understand like you're saying a little more anything you can trade for something else is a currency and just kind of pushing it away and saying, well it's not what i'm used to it it's not going to happen. The world's going to move forward and it's better to know what it is and then decide what you want to do about it, but know what it is and know why yeah. people value it. If you don't value it, that doesn't really matter. What matters is how many people value it. That tells you how much it's going to become a part of your life in the future. Yeah. And it's this expression of opinions and this uh, seeking of truth and learning that, that has really kept my uh, kind of like was the magnet that this, this magnetic appeal that, that kept kept me here with Epic Cash predominantly more than any other cryptocurrency. You know, I I, I have my eyes open and my ears open to the, what's going on in the rest of the world. And I just, as far as education, like what's different from the epicenter ecosystem compared to others, education is a huge part of it. And it's um, I, I I never I, I've made a few TikToks uh, trying to trying to be educational. I need to remake them because they're horrible quality. But specifically, I did a three-part series on the three functions of money, store value, medium of exchange, unit of account. And um, I, I never, yeah, I, I, not only did cryptocurrency awaken, my, awaken myself to this uh, potential for being financially independent and um, kind of 
re having a, another look at what money is, but it, yeah, it just raised my education level about, um, <laughs> about how money works and, and, and what people are doing with money and, and like how, how people are being controlled by money and how people can take control back by uh, asserting some of their own control on, on how money moves forward. Yep. yep, it's amazing. When you go off the rails just a little bit in what you think you know, you mm -hmm. can whole worlds of opportunities to really accomplish things that have really just been programmed by, yep. you know, by other society, by, by parts of society. And there's other ways to live and there's other ways to just look at life. And even if you stay within your monetary system, just taking that other look at life shows you what's possible. That's how they got there, the people that created all this in the first place. I think we're all going down a rabbit hole up, haven't we? As soon as you join Epic Cash, you, you start to learn like <laughs> yep. an incredible amount of information. The amount I've learned in three to six months since being really involved with the community is, um, is unbelievable, to be honest with you. Yeah, same. I Everything that I've talked about in every Twitter spaces or, you know, all everything I learned about crypto and economy so far has all been after I found Epic. I went to Freeman U. I asked a bunch of questions, you know, I was directed different places, I watched Uncle V's channel, you know, I really learned all that, you know, just from just from being here. So yeah, it definitely taught me a ton. And um, yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with Islo, you know, it's really about the monetary innovation. And, yep. um, and this is Epic is the innovation, you know, and we've spoken about how how Epic brings back responsible banking by incentivizing stability instead of incentivizing, you know, unlimited loans and inflation. And it basically just fixes the flaws of our current system. But we have not spoken about much about the upgrades that it has to our current system. And there now that, you know, we've established it's responsible banking, how does it upgrade? And I, this is also just a great topic because it's, it's it's literally like comparing libraries to the internet. <laughs> it is <laughs> epic is uh, the you know uh, the internet decentralized information. Anybody can yeah. access information from their phone when the internet came about. Um, you know, not dependent on libraries anymore. Epic is decentralizing money and financial services. Anybody with um, anybody with a smartphone can access these financial services and, and solid money that does not inflate. One, even the 1.7 billion unbanked people. And, you know, because it's on a smartphone and it's blockchain, it, it runs itself 24-7. So it's not, it's not closing anytime. It's not like bank closing time. Um, you know, so it's running 24-7. It's, it's more convenient because it's on your phone. It's faster. It's cheaper. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the summary. It's just, it's in a few years, people will be like, yeah, you know, we're not, we're not gonna just, you know, the internet, when the internet showed up, it was just a matter of time before everybody just moved on to that because it was just way better in every aspect. It's going to be the same thing with Epicenter. It, it fixes our current flaws and it upgrades it. And yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's that, it's the innovation, it's the monetary innovation. Uh, so, yeah, there's plenty to speak about, about this, for sure. Well, thanks, Levy, because I've literally just noted that down on my list of future topic ideas. What are the upgrades of the epicenter ecosystem to the current monetary <laughs> So thanks for that, I appreciate it. 
I think guys, yeah. we're sticking to. I think fantastic to one future hour. topic. Yeah, I know this. I think this. There's definitely a part two to this. I think if you guys are up for it, as well as the future topic that Levi just uh, referred to. So, but I think if we're sticking to one hour, guys, let's uh, let's start oh, making a conclusion now. there. I know that hour went so quickly, didn't it? But I mean, gold, commercial banks, inflation, education, and the epicenter ecosystem, guys. Today's been absolutely brilliant. So, thank you for your thoughts and perspectives and opinions. It's been great. Thank so, you. Awesome. if you're new to Epic Cash, everyone, come and join the community at t.me forward slash Epic Cash and make sure to come and join us on episode 9 next week at the same time, 2pm Eastern. The poll for the topic of episode 9 will most likely be posted tomorrow, if not on Monday. As I, as I mentioned in the last few weeks, if you've got any future ideas, as Lavie's just mentioned, you can come on the show and, and mention it in a live episode or just drop me a DM and I can add you to the Twitter space or Telegram group where... We, uh, we give our different opinions on what the future topics could be. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. I hope you all really enjoyed it. I know I did. Have a lovely weekend, and I'll speak with you all next week. Cheers, guys.